0: Hey there, and welcome to the Screen Facts with Jason Davis podcast. This is episode 15, and joining me in the studio once again is my legendary wife, Sue.
1: Why, thank you. Nice to be back.
0: It's good to have you back. Thanks. Always a pleasure to do this with you. It's so much fun. You know, we've been doing a lot of movies from the 80s. Yes, we have. Guess what? We're doing another movie from the 80s.
1: (laughs) Well, why not? It's a great movie.
0: I'm going to say that this movie is in my top five funniest movies of all time. Yes, easily,
1: I would say that for myself, too.
0: Well, we are talking about uh, a movie released July 2nd, 1980. Still makes us laugh 35 years later. That's right. We're talking about...
1: Airplane.
0: Airplane, the classic directed and written for the screen by Jim Abrahams, David, and Jerry Zucker. Now, although uncredited, there were some additional writers involved in this movie. Arthur Haley... John C. Champion, and Hall Bartlett, they all uh, contributed to the screenplay for a movie called Zero Hour, which is from 1957. Zero Hour is the original movie that uh, most of Airplane is based on. In fact, uh, there are scenes that are shot-for-shot remakes, including the dialogue in Airplane. And you and I always thought that Airplane was more of a spoof on the like airport movies. That's what the I 70s. always thought. Me I too. I had no idea. There are some elements of Airplane that are uh, taken from like Airport 75, I believe.
1: Right, The Singing Nun, I believe. The Singing
0: Nun is one of them, definitely. But yeah, the the movie is mostly based on Zero Hour. And um, you actually found something really cool on YouTube. Talk about that.
1: I did. I, I don't know how I got there. How does anybody get to all the videos on YouTube? Right. You go down that rabbit hole. But it's an actual compilation of clips from Airplane and Zero Hour. And... It's hysterical to see they show, you know, a clip from Zero Hour and then they show it from Airplane, mm-hmm. word for word, blocking <laughs> for blocking, amazing. The, it's a recreation. Except, of course, with Airplane, they add a little something at the end or right. they do something a little different right at the end to give it that, that funny pop, you know?
0: Right. For example, the, the scenes with Peter Graves and the little boy in the cockpit. Right. There's a scene... In Zero Hour, Mm -hmm. of the boy in the cockpit, the captain giving him the model airplane. Have you ever been in a cockpit before? Oh, no, I've never been in an airplane before. So that happens in Airplane, too. Right.
1: And then in Zero Hour, the co-pilot says, well, how do you like it? Right. But in Airplane...
0: In Airplane, of course, (laughs) Peter Graves says, do you like gladiator movies? (laughs) Have you ever seen a grown man naked? (laughs) You ever been in a Turkish prison? (laughs)
1: Zucker, Abrahams, and Zucker actually found Zero Hour by fate to get inspiration for the skits for their group that they had, Kentucky Fried Theater. Okay. They would record late night TV with the plan of spoofing the commercials.
0: Ah, okay.
1: Well, one night they recorded Zero Hour and the rest is history.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got to love serendipity like that. You got
1: to love it. How often are you going to find a movie where one of the actual lines is, the only way these people are going to survive is if we can find someone who can fly this plane. Who hasn't had fish for dinner.
0: Right. And they said that exact like word for word in Airplane. Mm-hmm. And it comes off, for whatever reason, as funny in Airplane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not supposed to be funny in Zero Hour. It's like real serious. I know. It's I guess great.
1: they maybe they since they set it up with, well, the choices were fish or steak. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I had the lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the movie stars Robert Hayes, Julie Haggerty, Leslie Nielsen, Peter Graves, Lloyd Bridges, Robert Stack, and of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Of course. So the interesting thing is that the directors chose Robert Stack, Lloyd Bridges, Peter Graves, and Leslie Nielsen because of their reputation for playing no-nonsense characters. Until this film, they hadn't done comedy. It's actually beneficial because they're so straight arrow, Mm -hmm. their personas, that the line delivery makes it even funnier.
1: Yeah, yeah. Some of the deadpan delivery and the, the real straight, you know, I picked the wrong week to quit smoking.
0: Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking.
1: And then it goes to, uh, I guess I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines.
0: <laughs> and then the final one, looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue. <laughs> <laughs> and he's hanging upside down. and he's <laughs> Oh, man. And, you know, and that wouldn't work as much. It wouldn't be as funny if it was a comedian. Exactly. Lloyd Bridges was initially reluctant to take his role, but his sons persuaded him to do it. I guess they they saw that it was going to be a classic. Yeah,
1: yeah. And Nielsen later said he was delighted to get the offer because he was fearing that he was getting too old for anything but elderly grandfather
0: parts. (laughs) Imagine (laughs) Leslie Nielsen as your grandfather. Oh, my
1: gosh. (laughs) Well, the studio actually wanted to cast Dom DeLuise as the doctor, but Abrahams and the Zucker brothers got their way and casted Nielsen.
0: Yeah, and quite honestly, I can't imagine the movie without Leslie Nielsen. Oh, my gosh. He makes that part. He's great. yep. So the movie was filmed uh, in 34 days from July to August of 1979. It had a very small budget, the estimated budget of $3.5 million. It grossed $83.5 million in the U.S. to become the highest grossing comedy of its time.
1: Amazing.
0: And I read somewhere that I think the opening weekend gross actually paid for all of the production expenses. Oh, hey, and the rest was
1: gravy. I, of course, was not allowed to see it in the movie theater when it came out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you, you were really sheltered, you oh, poor I thing. I know, I know. <laughs> By 1981, I was already seeing R-rated movies in the theaters. I had, I had the coolest mom ever. <laughs> I was talking to Blazer, he was talking about how his mom took him to see Night Shift when he was really young, and he thought that she was the coolest. Sorry, dude, my mom was the best.
1: Yeah, yeah, no it sounds like it. I mean, my mom took me to see Escape to Witch Mountain. That was <laughs> That was about I mean, our level of risque.
0: Yeah, I mean, I saw that, too. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh... They had, like, telekinetic yeah. powers and stuff. Yeah, but Ooh. I was
1: 17. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's great. So this movie, um, right off the bat, just starts off with, with funniness.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Jaws spoof was put into the beginning to let the audience in on the joke right off the bat. They used a model plane and layers of cotton.
0: It's very effective. It's <laughs> great. And by the way, uh, that was something I talked about with Warren during the mm-hmm. Jaws podcast. Mm-hmm a few episodes ago. So check that one out too. So the argument that happens between the announcers concerning the white and red zones at the airport. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right in the beginning, you yeah. know you know what you're in for when you hear this stuff going on.
0: The producers actually hired the same voice artists who had made the real world announcements at Los Angeles airport. They were also married to each other in real life, which is kind of interesting too. And the dialogue about her getting an abortion was taken from a quote unquote cheap dime store novel. And by the way, if you're wondering at the real airport, the white zone is for loading and unloading of passengers only, and there's no stopping in the red zone, except for transit buses.
1: Are you sure?
0: <laughs> Don't give me any of that white zone crap. <laughs> <laughs>
1: For the famous scene of the 747 crashing through the large windows inside the terminal, mm-hmm. producer John Davison said that after the movie, he received numerous letters from various pilots telling him they had come very close to recreating that scene. That's scary. Some pilots admitted they had come so close as to touch the glass with the noses of their airplanes.
0: Yikes. Can <laughs> <Do> you, <laughs> you imagine, imagine if you're sitting in the terminal and you're seeing that happening? <laughs> Holy macro. <mackerel. Run!
1: laughs>
0: So there's a funny thing that we never noticed. All the times we've seen this movie,
1: which is a million and a half, exactly, probably.
0: we never noticed uh, until we were watching the DVD that I have of this. Has a special feature where it, it does like a trivia track where it's kind of like remember, you remember the old uh, VH1 mm, pop up
1: yeah, video, yeah, pop up
0: video show. Well, it's kind of like that, and and they pointed it out in this scene <laughs> with the, with the airplane crashing through the windows.
1: The Zucker brothers are the two guys waving the flashlights in the scene. I think they said that, that was noticed. an old bit.
0: That I had noticed that
1: they had done in their comedy stuff. Exactly, you know, you know, he's doing the regular directions, and then he asks him where something is, and he waves the other way, right. and then the which is a goes classic, a
0: classic bit. But the thing classic. that we had never noticed that they pointed out, and we were like, "Oh my god! Oh
1: my god! Look! Oh my god! There's a woman throwing her baby in the air." <laughs>
0: <laughs> All wrapped up in a blanket. <laughs> you know what it is? The scene is so funny as it is. And it's
1: so fast.
0: Yeah. And I mean, just the idea of the plane crashing through. Like, that's just <laughs> funny. You don't even think that, you know, and you see the woman throw the baby up. It's great. Oh, just, my gosh. Yep. And by the way, the plane was a three-quarter model on, uh, on the back of a pickup truck. So it was actually a, pretty much a full-size deal. Yeah.
1: Pretty, pretty cool. cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, another funny thing. Uh, that that came up when we were watching with the trivia track when Captain Over walks into the terminal and the voice on the loudspeaker, whatever says Captain Over, white courtesy phone first he picks up the red courtesy phone, right. and the script supervisor, you can actually hear an audible chuckle when he picks up the wrong phone that yeah. that they left on the uh, on the track for the movie,
1: yeah, and she's a script supervisor. you think she'd know it's coming, right, but
0: it's just it's so
1: funny because he picks up the wrong one and you hear a ah! <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then the, uh, the voice on the, uh, the loudspeaker does the announcement again. Captain mm-hmm. over a white courtesy phone. He goes, I got it. All right. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the filmmakers use some family members... In the in the filming of this, mm-hmm. um, their sister and their cousin are at the ticket booth in the beginning. Now the sister over at the next terminal and she has a non-speaking part, right. and the cousin is the one who is speaking when Stryker says, "You know, I'll take a one-way ticket to Chicago."
0: Right, smoking or non-smoking.
1: Smoker or non-smoking, and he says smoking, and she hands him a ticket that is that's smoking, smoking. literally. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Zucker brothers' mother, Charlotte, was the woman who smears makeup all over her face. They yeah. they were everyone was calling her the makeup lady.
0: Yeah, and and she's actually done cameos in most of their movies, the Naked Gun movies, too, Mm -hmm. and stuff. She's great.
1: Yeah. And most of the character names actually are friends of the filmmakers, family members, neighbors of the directors, old high school friends, old college roommates. Mm
0: -hmm. If you were somebody that knew Jim Abrahams or the Zucker Brothers growing up, or if you lived near them, whatever. Mm
1: -hmm. There's a chance they said your name. Yeah, you you could
0: have been watching Airplane in the theater going, that's me! (laughs) That's great. (laughs) One of the funny sight gags early on, too, is when Captain Over's talking to the Mayo Clinic. And, of course, there's like oh. a wall of mayonnaise oh. <laughs> behind him. Yep. But there's a there, yep. <laughs> there's the heart on his desk <laughs> jumping around. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. which if you look carefully, of course, you can see the wires. Of course, yeah. You know, but the heart is for for the girl, Lisa Davis. Mm-hmm. No relation. <laughs> anyway, so so Lisa Davis is played by Jill Whelan. Lisa's mom is played by Joyce Boulifant. So here's the cool thing. Joyce played Murray's wife on The Mary Tyler Moore Show. Jill played Vicky, Captain Steubing's daughter, on The Love Boat. Murray and Captain Steubing were both played by Gavin McCloud. So both of those actresses worked in a pretty close capacity to Gavin McCloud.
1: Interesting. And
0: another cool thing about uh, the scenes involving Lisa Davis. Mm
1: -hmm. No relation.
0: No relation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Was that that River of Jordan song that Randy sings to her? Peter Yarrow from Peter, Paul, and Mary wrote that. He wrote it for a friend's wedding, and gave permission to that they could use it in the movie. But then, when he saw how they used it, he was a little upset.
0: <laughs> I think it's kind of funny that that was like probably meant to be this really hopeful, romantic, wonderful song for mm-hmm. this for this couple's Very wedding. Heartfelt. and it's just being sung to the girl, and and then she knocks the <laughs> IV out, and <laughs> the puckered face Facing cross-eyed. Cross-eyes. Oh, it's so funny! Oh my gosh,
1: it's great. And twice she does it twice. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Another funny thing is um, it shows the nun. And who, I forget who plays her. It was That's, um, uh, Maureen McGovern. Maureen McGovern, right? And she was going to sing. But she does then,
0: actually sing oh, at did one she point. She sings later. She sings to the uh, the two Jive guys.
1: Right, right, right. Because mm. um, I think weren't they afraid that that was a little too close to the Helen Reddy yes. uh, part in Airport?
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. But yeah. but she ends up singing like a little bit of uh, uh, respect. Oh, right. So R-E-S-B-E-C-T. Yeah, exactly. Like a real yeah. white and, girl. Like and that me. makes them sicker to their stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's even worse. Yeah.
1: Well, um, I like when she's reading the magazine Boy's Life, mm-hmm. and then they show the boy in the next shot, and he's reading Nun's Life. Right. And the Nun's Life has a nun surfing right. on the cover. Well, that actually wasn't a real nun.
0: Wh- what? Well, I know. Shocker. <laughs> Get out of here.
1: Shocker. The filmmakers actually went to the beach and found a surfer who was willing to dress up as a nun so they could take a picture.
0: I wish I could have seen that happen. Could you
1: imagine that setup? <laughs> Show up at the beach with a habit and the, exactly. the wimple or whatever it's called. You know,
0: like, but surfers are so laid back. Like, sure, I'll wear a nun's habit. I don't care. Dude. Dude. Tubular. I'm actually surprised because it's my understanding that nuns like to hang ten. Really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no sense.
0: Speaking of hanging, by the way, one of the jokes that's kind of repeated in the movie is when Robert Hayes... <laughs> Is telling, uh, you know, Ted Stryker is telling the history of his relationship with mm, uh, with Elaine mm-hmm. Dickinson, Julie Haggerty's character. Every person he talks to eventually tries to kill themselves. They just can't take cause it. Because they're bored to death. <laughs> so the first quote unquote victim is the woman. That, the old uh, that woman. older lady. You just see her legs hanging into the frame. Yeah. Like you just she hung herself. see the bottom herself. of her legs
1: and her shoes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, like, like she hung herself.
1: Yep. And that's actually her. Yeah. They actually put her in a harness and yeah. hooked her up. So it's not like they put a dummy up there. Which is great. That airplane must have great headroom if there was room for her to do that.
0: <laughs> those are those are one of those things that you're supposed to forget, I guess. Oh, okay. okay. There's obviously certain things that you just mm-hmm. can't not talk about. Right. And of course, you know, one of the big scenes is uh, the scene that takes place in the bar when Ted's telling right. the story of how he met Elaine. The big thing about that is that Stayin' Alive by the Bee Gees is playing. And, you know, I'm sure most of us have noticed that the song is sped up in that. I, I never could figure out why it was sped up. My guess is that they sped it up because it timed to the scene better when it was played faster. I guess. But That's obviously, so yeah. yeah, it's a little weird. But yeah. obviously, they had to get permission from the Bee Gees to use the song. Right. They also had to get permission to speed it up, too.
1: That's right. And Robert Hayes and Julie Haggerty rehearsed their dance routine for a month before filming.
0: The whole thing with the suit is great.
1: Yeah, too. yeah. And when he takes off the jacket and he's, he's got the complete disco outfit underneath right, it. exactly. And then he has his arm out in the disco pose and they throw the jacket back at him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's great. There's also a spoof of this staying alive. Yes. Right?
0: There's a, in, in the movie Ted, again, which I talked about with uh, Les Sinclair a few episodes that ago. That was a
1: great podcast. Thank you. You're
0: welcome. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> Why not? Anyway, yeah, they, they, they actually spoof the spoof.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> which is great, so... Wow, that's like a third time removed Saturday Night Fever in Ted. Yeah, when yeah. The, and, uh, when when they show, proof? I guess, yeah, when they show uh, Mark Wahlberg
1: right, right. and
0: uh, and Mila Kunis recreating the scene from Airplane right. that you know that recreates yeah, Saturday Night great. Fever. So the funny thing too is that you know there's a fight that breaks out in the bar. The girl scouts. The two girl scouts oh you know beating the crap out of each other. Oh my gosh. And if you look closely, you can see the safety pads on the backs of the girls. And also uh, part of the dance sequence, Julie Haggerty starts out That's dancing right. with the uh, with this with other the, guy, with the guy, yeah. yeah. And then some guy just like stabs him in the back. Right, and, and then, then he's, he's
1: he's making those twitching Yeah, he's trying movements. to he's
0: trying to point to the knife, and she thinks it's dance thinks moves. He's copying she's copying him. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, you can see the pad on that guy as well, which is pretty funny. That's funny,
1: yeah. You can also see the wires when Striker is dancing and juggling. Yes. You can see them holding him up. He's because he's doing like that Russian Cossack kind of yeah. dance, and then all of a sudden he's juggling too. And the juggling made it into the scene because Robert Hayes just happened to mention that he knew how to juggle while they were filming.
0: Yeah. And so they said, hey, why not? Hey, and that'll just work make it the in. scene funnier, right? <laughs> so there, there's another funny thing about this scene, too. It's the beginning of kind of a series of contradictions that happens throughout the movie.
1: Yeah, I never really thought about it, but Stryker's wearing a Navy uniform right. when he's at the bar. But later on, they do a flashback and he's in an army hospital.
0: Right. And so- even later than that, he tells Dr. Rumack, Leslie Nielsen's character, that he flew a single engine plane in the Air Force in the war.
1: So where did he serve? Where? <laughs>
0: He's got it all covered. The only one he didn't mention was the Marines. Oh, my God! And the Coast Guard, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Another part of the, the story of Ted and Elaine and how they met and mm-hmm. how they fell in love Is There's a scene where they're running on the beach. That beach is the same beach that was in Planet of the Apes when Charlton Heston finds the Statue of Liberty. Very cool. Yeah.
1: Did you know that Kareem's part was actually written for Pete Rose?
0: Uh, I do
1: now. I bet you didn't. I
0: didn't until now.
1: (laughs) Well, Pete wasn't available because the film was shot during baseball season, so they rewrote it for Kareem.
0: Yeah, and that whole idea of a, a sports star playing the co-pilot mm-hmm. is a direct lift from 0 hour right. because the co-pilot was played by Elroy Crazy Legs Hirsch and what was he a, he was a fo- he was a football, football player Football right Kareem Abdul-Jabbar actually had cameos in other movies too, but he's—I think—he's always played himself pretty yeah, much, yeah. except for in this movie. No son, I'm Roger Murdoch. <laughs> You're Kareem uh, the-
1: Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that that whole sequence too. Yeah. yeah.
1: And um, later on, when they pull him out, <laughs> yeah. he's actually wearing his safety goggles and his shorts and his like and his knee, knee pads. Socks his knee pads. Knee pads. Yeah, it's great. Oh my gosh.
0: A couple of other people were also considered for, for parts in this movie, too. Um, David Letterman, believe it or not, had auditioned for the part of Ted Stryker. Uh, the scene that he read for his uh, audition was the hospital bed scene in the, in the Army hospital.
1: That's right. And Bill Murray and Chevy Chase were also considered for the role.
0: Now, obviously, either one of those guys would have totally crushed that role. Totally. But i got to give Robert Hayes credit. He's really good in that role. He was great. Very, very funny. I don't think Hayes had done much. I mean, he was on the show Angie, which was a sitcom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And which is interesting because it also starred Donna Peskow, I think her name was, who had a role in Saturday Night Fever. So it's kind of interesting. Oh, wow. We're (laughs) just
1: coming full circle here. Look at that. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, uh, according to his autobiography, Christopher Lee turned down the role of Dr. Rumak.
0: Wait, let's. A moment of silence for the late Christopher Lee. Okay.
1: He was awesome. Yeah. Uh, he described it as a big mistake turning down that role.
0: Yeah. Again, he probably would have been really funny too because he was such a sinister guy. And
1: yeah. He played that all the way to the end.
0: And uh, Sigourney Weaver audition for the role of Elaine Dickinson so uh, Julie Haggerty's role
1: oh my gosh can you imagine that would have been very different part yeah. of what I love about Elaine is that Julie Haggerty has you know those those big eyes and yeah. that like just naive sounding oh, oh, oh voice
0: yeah she's you know. kind of soft spoken and- yeah The funny thing, too, is that, you know, this was her first role. But when you watch her in this movie, some of her, the way she delivers some of the lines, it's kind of awful. It
1: is a little painful.
0: It is. I don't know if that was done purposely.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And again, some of her lines are recreations of lines from Zero Hour. Because when you watch that YouTube thing that I was talking about, you'll see Elaine telling Stryker, I can't be with a man I don't respect. Right. And then you (laughs) see Elaine doing it, and she's just like, well, I can't be with a man I
0: do not (laughs) respect. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I love her in the movie. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; yeah. she's she's great. But yeah, she's just terrific. just just the way she says some of the lines, it's weird. It's I can't. very
1: weird. But I also love the way she's you know with that tribe when they're in the Peace Corps and she's selling the supperware.
0: Supperware. It
1: can be used for parties and leftovers. It extends your food budget.
0: And I like that they call it supperware so they don't get sued.
1: Court. Wow. No. What could they possibly be talking about? Right,
0: exactly. <laughs> So, should we talk about uh, Ted Stryker's drinking problem? Oh,
1: definitely. <laughs> that was a running gag that you know I did as a kid. Well, an empty glass, of course, right. because you wouldn't want to really make a mess. Like pour but you water would say, you know, yourself, oh, I have a, a drinking little... problem, and you know, pour it on your eyeball or your ear or wherever. Oh. It's a classic.
0: God, that's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is just funny. <laughs> So the scene where the woman' is eggs are coming out of her mouth.
1: Yeah, <laughs> That's so bizarre, weird. What the heck? Where did they it's come re- up with that? It's
0: really funny, though. It, it is. It's very funny. That actually wasn't an egg coming out of her mouth at all. What? <laughs> <laughs> it was magic. What? A little, a little bit of sleight of hand. Actually, it was the same egg in her mouth. And Leslie Nielsen is palming an egg. And then at one point, he actually gets a new egg off camera.
1: He does it a couple times. Yeah. Technically. What does he take, three eggs out of her mouth? Yeah. So he he uh, palms one egg, and it goes on the little tray, uh-huh. and then the hand goes off camera, uh-huh.
0: and, and then he does it again egg.
1: and you know, puts that down. And then the third egg, I think, mm-hmm. he cracks on the cup, Right. and the bird flies out.
0: Right, but the bird is actually hidden in the cup. Yes. Which is great. And then if you look at that scene, which mm-hmm. is really funny... And this is something I had noticed. Oh my gosh, yeah. The bird flies throughout the cabin of the <laughs> it plane. It goes to the back. It goes to the back. And there's a guy sitting all the way in the back of the frame that's like, oh, you know, he like all of a <laughs> sudden gets scared. to his head yeah, or something. Yeah, the bird flies like right above his head and spooks him. It's pretty funny. I guess funny. they should
1: tell the extras what's going on so they can be prepared. <laughs> I guess. Well, one thing I wanted to point out about the lady who gets the eggs pulled out of her mouth. Mm-hmm. Every time I see her, I keep thinking about my mother's hair. Because that was the hairstyle of the late 70s, early 80s. Like that kind of teased up a little and curled and set. And it it was work to get your hair to look like that. And I just you know when I see that and then I see you know the outfits that the people are wearing. Lisa's mother has like that jacket and oh, the yeah. and the collar that sticks out. It just oh yeah, it's, it's definitely such the fashion a warm, is so fuzzy, nostalgic feeling. Though I got to admit,
0: I liked uh, one of the other things that they had mentioned too. You talk about nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mentioned that the parts of the uh, Los Angeles Airport where they shot. If you went there today and stood in the exact same spot, there would be like ten Starbucks there now. That's true. <laughs> it was a Completely different time back then. Yeah,
1: we, you know what? Whenever we do this, we end up having the same conversation. I know,
0: and, and it was a listen. different time. People must be annoyed by that by now,
1: and they're sitting there going, "I, mean, I know, yeah."
0: They're sitting there going, "We know you're fucking old. Get over <laughs> it already."
1: I'm not that old,
0: <laughs> really. <Stick> for yourself. <laughs>
1: If that happened nowadays, Mm -hmm. it would be all over the internet. You know, plane in trouble, and you know, this and that, breaking news and everything. And how did they get the news out back then?
0: Oh, there's a couple of newspapers. Yeah, the newspapers. You know, and
1: it's like they, you know, go to the presses and, you know, and they show the spinning newspapers and all the (laughs) headlines come out. You know, plane is doomed, you know. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. And then, like, one of the papers comes up, and it's a, a picture of a boy, uh, that, and it says, boy trapped in refrigerator eats own foot. Oh,
1: that's the National Enquirer. That's right.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the boy in that picture is actually Billy Koch, who uh, is the grandson of producer Howard W. Koch. His grandfather asked him, he uh, calls him up, and he asked him one day for a photo of him. Billy just grabbed the first one he found, which was, like, a second-grade photo. Mm-hmm. And it was only after the film came out that he realized what his grandfather wanted the photo for, which is pretty funny. Robert Stack was one of the real serious actors cast in this movie, specifically for that reason. And one of his big things was that he was Elliot Ness on the Untouchables TV series. Mm -hmm. And they actually wanted his character in this movie basically to be like Elliot Ness. There's so many funny gags with him. One of the main ones is when he pulls off the pair of sunglasses and he has another pair of sunglasses oh my underneath gosh. that. And love they that. said that
1: was something from their comedy group. That was yeah. a, a running gag that they had. And I myself, when I've done shows, I love. You know, we added it in when we did Law and Order. Remember, Rob took off his sunglasses and he had the glasses under.
0: Yeah, we did the the show Law and Order Nursery Rhymes Unit, which was basically Law and Order, except, dun dun. Dun dun. exactly. But we were solving the mystery of uh, of Humpty Dumpty's death, and That's it was right. it was a kids show, but it was really funny and really clever. Yeah. And it you had a actually, lot of
1: these funny things in it.
0: You actually added kind of an homage to oh, Airplane. Oh, that's
1: right. We did.
0: Yeah, you know, we had uh, Kim Merlot. Mm-hmm. At one point, one of the lines in the in the script was something like, he had a funny tattoo. And then, uh, and then the person responds with, a tattoo, what is it?
1: And she said, oh, you know, a tattoo. The ink goes under your skin. But that's not important right now.
0: <laughs> Didn't even get a laugh. I know. I thought it was great.
1: I know. And I think we even inserted in a, you know, Shirley, you can't be serious. I am and don't call me Shirley. Right. Because why not?
0: <laughs> Robert Stack drives, you know, they're driving back to the airport. And a couple of things go on. First off, there's a, a projection screen behind him showing like the, uh, the the road.
1: Right. And it starts off semi-realistic.
0: Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it just starts speeding up for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Then he hits a guy on a bicycle, who, mm-hmm. by the way, is director-writer Jim Abrahams. That's right. That's right. And then there's a Western movie behind him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, all the people on horseback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Which makes no sense. Yeah. But, but it's, it's funny. funny. Yeah. And <laughs> it's twice. So, um, and there's actually a really cool thing about the Ford Mustang that he's driving.
1: The Ford Mustang he's driving actually belonged to Robert Hayes. The producer rented it from Hayes for $35 a day.
0: Two days, $70 extra in his uh, wallet. Nice. Pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, as the plane gets in more and more trouble during the flight, uh, all the passengers start to get a little uh, uneasy right. and a little panicked. So uh, it's up to Leslie Nielsen, Dr. Rumac, to That's come right, out to go and calm, them calm down. everybody down. And, you know... Let me, let me give it to you straight.
1: Right, right. When he's first talking, you actually see his nose growing.
0: Yeah, like Pinocchio. Like Pinocchio.
1: And at first it's a prosthetic nose. But then they cut away and you, you're you looking at the passengers. Right. And you see his nose growing into the frame. You don't see his face. Right. Well, the way they did that was they painted the end of a broomstick <laughs> the same color as his skin. And just took the broomstick and pushed it further and further and further into the shot.
0: I gotta tell you, creativity when you don't have a budget, right. and it mm-hmm. and it works. I yeah. mean, you can't tell. No. You know, unless you're looking for it, yeah. it really looks like his nose is continuing <laughs> to grow. It's great. Very funny. <laughs> yep. So should we do a quick some of the one-liners that obviously stick out for us? Oh my gosh. Excuse me, stewardess. I speak jive.
1: Oh my gosh. Yep. I can make a hat. I can make a brooch. I can make a pterodactyl.
0: <laughs> that guy is. Johnny. Talk about, talk about a scene stealer. That character is wonderful. His uh, stuff
1: was so random and just exactly. so funny.
0: Well, there's a reason for that.
1: That's right. Steven Stucker, who played the role of Johnny, mm-hmm. was actually only given the line of dialogue before his so he could improvise a Off response.
0: The line. So one of the lines um, that he improvised ended up having to be changed. So there's a scene where uh, Lloyd Bridges' character, Steve McCroskey, says, get me someone who won't crack under pressure. And Johnny says, well, how about Mr. Rogers? That's the scene that's actually in the movie. Right. Originally... Stucker said, how about Mamie Eisenhower? So what happened was the former first lady died a few months after shooting wrapped in November of 1979. And out of respect for the Eisenhower family... The producers had Stucker go in and, and dub in the Mr. Rogers line before the film's release.
1: Another funny thing with Johnny is, you know, how he unplugs the the lights mm-hmm. and he goes, oh, just kidding. Right. They actually they were using stock footage right. when the plane was approaching. So like the approaching runway lights mm-hmm. and then they were using one and the lights went out. So they actually quick wrote, you know, the scene for him to go unplug it and go, oh, just kidding.
0: Yeah, that's great. <laughs> The fog is getting thicker and Leon's getting larger. (laughs) (laughs) The guy's the best. (laughs) The tower, the tower,
1: Rapunzel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A guy that shows up in the movie that I never noticed before until, you know, when we were watching in preparation for the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, Jonathan Banks, a great character actor. Um, The first time I remember seeing him, was he played one of the bad guys in Beverly Hills Cop with Eddie Murphy. But then, you know, recently when we got into Breaking Bad. That's right, he plays Mike. Yeah, he plays Mike Ermentrout. Well, he turns up in Airplane.
1: That's right, he's the radar guy.
0: Yeah, he's, you know, uh, watching the radar range. Right,
1: he's watching the radar and the guy coupled... The seats down is taking his laundry out.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so so Jonathan Banks is on Better Call Saul now. Oh,
1: I love that. Playing
0: show. the same character mm-hmm. of Mike, and um, he was just nominated for a Best Supporting Actor Emmy. So hopefully well, he there wins. There
1: you go. Yeah, I think he's, they're giving those out great. in
0: September or something like that. Okay. Yeah, great.
1: W Z A Z.
0: Yeah, there's uh, a scene where the plane is flying really low over the the cityscape. And it knocks out the antenna of the radio station, WZAZ. That's, Disco Lives Forever. And then it just knocks the station out.
1: Yeah, well, that really was starting to be the death of Disco. So that was a very symbolic move there. Yes, absolutely. WZAZ was named for the directors, Zucker, Abrahams, Zucker.
0: And a mic from the station turns up in another scene. Oh, in
1: the press release, right? The press,
0: Yeah, and um, when the press comes to get a statement from Lloyd Bridges' character, you see the (laughs) WZAZ microphone next to the ice cream cone in the shot. (laughs) Uh, and that's the scene where, where Johnny, oh, uh, you know, he goes, Johnny, take over. What does the guy from the press ask? Could you describe the plane? Yeah,
1: and, and Johnny says, oh, it's a big, pretty white plane with red stripes and curtains in the windows and wheels. And it looks like a big Tylenol. <laughs> Johnny.
0: So um, there's a gag that starts the movie when the opening credits are happening. Mm-hmm. And then the movie actually ends with the gag, too. And it's uh, the guy who was in Ted Stryker's taxi. So he goes, oh, i will only be a couple of minutes. And he starts the meter.
1: Right.
0: Uh, he spends the, essentially the entire film waiting in the taxi for him with the meter running. That guy in the taxi, his name is Howard Jarvis. Jarvis led the 1978 push for Proposition 13 in California, which was a money-saving and tax-cutting initiative. Jarvis actually saved California homeowners thousands of dollars per year by cutting residential property taxes in half. So that guy was pretty big to Californians back pretty then
1: Pretty big and it, and as a thank you they put him in a taxi for a movie
0: <laughs> Exactly <laughs> Um so oh before we before we end the podcast we got to talk about the autopilot
1: Oh my gosh auto
0: Auto oh,
1: so funny
0: So many great gags with the autopilot mm-hmm. you know the first one of course is when he starts deflating. They tell, you know, Elaine, there's a manual inflation valve located near the waist.
1: You got to blow him up.
0: And that was pretty racy for a PG movie back then. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is 1980. So (laughs) the way that they got away with it. So there's that scene. Then
1: later they're both sitting there smoking. Right, exactly. And he's got the big smile on (laughs) his face.
0: And then the scene where uh, he's disengaged from the autopilot and he's totally molesting uh, (laughs) Elaine. He's got his hands on her breasts and she looks all disheveled and stuff. so funny. Great movie. It really is one of the funniest movies of all time. It is. And
1: even if it's on regular TV and it's nighttime and you flick past it, you end up watching it (laughs) because it's just that kind of movie. You know, you're going to have you're going to just relax and laugh for a while.
0: Yeah. I mean, Abraham's and the Zucker Brothers have, have done a lot of movies like this um Hot Shots and Hot Shots part 2.
1: Oh, which are both very funny.
0: Uh the Naked Gun movies. Mm-hmm. They are definitely the masters of the sight gag kind of movie. Oh and another one, Top Secret. Oh well, my gosh.
1: Which yep. is great. Which With when Kilmer. when we watched it I said I love this as much as I love Airplane. Yeah. Cuz it's just, you know, even when there's a scene where there's a you know, like a serious conversation going mm-hmm. on, there's something funny in the background right. that just, you know. They do that in this movie
0: up. too. Top Secret is as funny as Airplane in that you laugh Every other minute, at mm-hmm. least. At least we did. Yeah. I think Airplane's a better movie just because the story, uh, you know, in general is better. The, that Zero the, Hour story. I guess. Yeah, I guess <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, but, you know, both funny movies. Yep. And, and, and certainly we'd re- we would recommend both of them.
1: And I actually want to get Zero Hour somehow and watch it because <laughs> even though it's a serious movie, I yeah. have a feeling that you and I are just going to laugh the whole time.
0: I think we've pretty much covered everything. I, I mean, I'm sure there's stuff that we missed. And that's where you come in, because if you have any of uh, favorite parts to Airplane that you would like to talk about and let us know about, by all means, email us. You can email us at ScreenFacts at Yahoo.com. And you can also rate, comment, and subscribe to Screen Facts with Jason Davis on iTunes. Please do that so other people will be able to find us. Please check out my website as well, JasonDavisVoice.com slash podcast. There you can get information about how you can order a Screen Facts t-shirt if you'd like to support us and uh, advertise for us that way. And you can also find links to all the different vehicles for this podcast. It's not just iTunes. There's other ways that you can listen to if you're not a big fan of iTunes. And also, by the way, if you found out about this podcast because you saw a Facebook link or uh, you found out about it on Twitter... Please, I would be so grateful if you would share that link with your friends and family or you would retweet for me. My love, thank you so much for, uh, for doing the podcast again.
1: Thank you. This
0: is a fun movie uh, that we have enjoyed together a number of times Many now. times. Yeah, so I'm um, looking forward to doing the next podcast with you. I'm not sure what it's going to be. We'll have to figure it out.
1: We'll come up with something good.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening and join me again next Wednesday for more Screen Facts with Jason Davis. Bye-bye.